Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Welcome to the Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and I'm going to be pounding out the best regional metal for you tonight. If you're new to this show, pick up your hammer and get down with some of these featured guests. Got any questions or comments? Send them to metalforgeradio at gmail.com. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson. It is lovely. Friday, April 24th, where my guest will be Worms, Chad Castetter in particular, calling in. Holy crap, it's been a wild ride so far, has it not? Uh, But thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate everything that you all do, listen, and uh, reply back to the various questions I ask you guys. Thank you all. Um, Stay tuned in the coming weeks. We're going to have Spell from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, coming on the show Uh, first international uh, guest. That'll be pretty cool. Then after that, we have a United Kingdom guest called Underking, and then we go all the way out to California, which is going to be War Cloud. That's going to be pretty damn cool. So, uh, awesome stuff coming up. Um, But thank you all seriously again for, you know, tuning in and checking out the, the High Noon, the Gunslinger Hour on Fridays, you know. It's been super cool, you know, last week, you know, Guy Hinton from Echo Soul with uh, the track with Ripper Owens on it. That was pretty cool. And um, even people, you know, I've been getting a lot of listens on the previous year when we were on the radio, which I I really dig that, you know. A lot of people going back through the archives and, you know, with these international guests coming on and reaching all the way out to california in the united states we're rapidly making this a worldwide show so far and that's that means a lot you know from a dude from southern indiana so thank you all um but yeah i'm gonna play some worms today on the show and we're gonna talk to to chad and holy crap dude like when he called it was so cool because it was like we knew each other for 20 fucking years or something but i'd never met the guy And we just, um, what I got to uh, dwindle down to about a 50-minute interview was actually, um, it was probably about two and a half hours on the phone, just talking about all kinds of things, because we know so many of the same people, but have never met. And, you know, it's just really cool. But before we get into all that, I'm, (laughs) you know, I always like to get on Loudwire and check things out, and apparently Puddle of Mud has covered about a girl badly i'm gonna play a few seconds of it on the show i typically don't do stuff like this but it's so bad oh my god and you know a lot of people give me shit over my vocals and everything you know i can take that this i cannot (laughs) listen to this thank you 
Getting to be re goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, could you all not get through that like I couldn't? It's just so bad. I mean, the music is really good. The music is like spot on to the unplugged version. But like, I have no idea what Wes was trying to do there. It seems like, you know, ever since a few years ago, probably about five or six years ago, when he had the legal issues and stuff like that, he's just... You know, he's, he's kind of took a pretty bad dive. Um, get the help that you need, dude, if you need any help. All right, so before we get into the interview, this is Don't Panic by Worms.
joined on the phone with Chad Castetter from Worms. Dude, how are you? Oh, fantastic. Thanks for having me. Dude, no, I mean, thank you for calling. It's been awesome. I've been waiting to waiting for this call for so long. You know, uh, <laughs> I was now to death when Jeff told me about it. I know. Now Jeff can go to sleep at night and not worry anymore because you you guys are finally here, man. I wish <laughs> you know. I, I wish you were doing the in in studio live deal like at the radio station. But hey, this is just as good, and it's you know the the podcast has been picking up. Uh, a pretty good about amount of steam. So fuck yeah, man. Quarantine gets what quarantine wants. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's like you know, coming up with new new ways to sit there and say, "Oh, quarantine cast week 3." <laughs> week, week 6. If know, I didn't have my four track here, I would totally be fucking you'd be scraping me off the ceiling with a rake or something. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, it's like I, I go through Loudwire, you know, on the monolo- mm-hmm. on the monologues, and I'm just yeah. like, what do I what do I want to talk about? And it's like I don't <laughs> want to really read the articles because there's nothing really going on. It's like showing See, a big, this weird holding pattern. Yeah, it really is, and it's like shows this thing. It shows a picture of Metallica, and it's like top twenty five thrash albums, and it's like, nah, I really I really don't want to read that. That's where my head is right now. Right, and in in the and in the thing of like real news that that could be out there. Yeah, um, they end up like putting out like thirty seven years ago. Dave Mustaine was fired from Metallica, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. And it's like, wow, yeah. Let's remember that. Or fifty years ago, yeah. Let's make Dave Mustaine cry again. You know, and on la- and on last week's episode where that was the actual news headline, I said, you know, thus inciting a war for for twenty five years, right? <laughs> My God, that you know he wouldn't talk to anybody until two thousand and twelve. God, that was. And when did it happen? Like eighty two? Yeah, something like that. Eighty. God, that's a long time to fucking suck down a grudge. <laughs> Hello, me. Meet the real it's me. the real me. <laughs> he sounds like an evil villain. <laughs> I'm so glad you did that. I, my, a couple of friends of mine and I do Dave Mustaine all the time. <laughs> Dr. Dave Botnick, uh, the, the, evil, <laughs> the evil villain. Uh, I met him at, at the palace uh, when they did their, uh, there was the Ex- Experience Hendrix tour. That had a bunch of hot shit guitar players all covering Hendrix. Oh like, yeah, uh, that was like Weasel, Zappa, and Eric Johnson, uh, uh, Zach Wild. Yeah, I drove Zach Wild from the hotel to uh, to the venue, and uh, we were just busting each other's balls right out of the gate. I was like, <laughs> he had his cut on. I was like, Berserker, you're a Berserker, you're a fucking pipsqueak. Look at you. Oh. And, and he had his personal assistant with him. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> it was super fun. And, and he, he, I don't know if you follow him on like Instagram or anything like that, but he's just like, ah, what am I talking about? And he's just got this thick Jersey accent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right after that, Zach Sabbath played at the Mercury. You know, I've never seen Zach Sabbath, but I've, I I really want to, you know, and uh, I was going to go see BLS here a couple of weeks ago, but everybody decided to get fucking sick. Yeah. And I've never been a big fan of, of Black Label Society, but 
uh, I work, I did work that Zach Sabbath show and it was, it was cool. But like during the solo breaks, instead of like doing a couple measures like Tony did, he would fucking just go off into fucking orbit and, you know, solo for 10 minutes. Oh yeah. I've seen by then you're just like, I don't even remember what fucking song we're listening to. (laughs) (laughs) Fluff. <laughs> His manager was this beautiful blonde British girl who was just like it was on a Sunday and to you know Sunday shows are tough because a lot of shit we have to get for you know on the band's riders we can't you know oh yeah like if there's any alcohol or anything yeah yeah we have to just wait a while and like she just wasn't having it I was like eh, shit in one hand and wish in the other. <laughs> it's like hey, there are local laws that were that prevent that. Now was he uh was he sober when that when you were taking him around? Yeah, I, I didn't see him drink anything but water or right. any juice and stuff, yeah. yeah he seems to be sober. Yeah, he uh I know he had some issues a while back and how, how long, he's been sober for a long time, I yeah, hear. Like, yeah, he it's been like five or six years now, so Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> It was one of those things. It's like, dude, you got to quit drinking, or you're gonna die like tomorrow. <laughs> was he fucking? He was one of. He was like dime bag. They, they drank fucking Crown Royal and Jägermeister. Like that's almost exclusively. Yeah, uh, Jäger, you can have it. I'm not not a fan. I can't fucking resist it, man. When it's got a fucking shot of, or when it's got an energy drink in it, man, <laughs> it's like when it's instant. got a shot of Red Bull and and a glass yeah. of Jäger. After the third one, you're like it's instant confusion. That's nothing like being wide awake and shit faced uh, as a lethal combo. Listen to some of the stories he tells, like that Zach Wild about the uh, the gross out tour stuff. Where oh uh, yeah, he, uh, apparently there was a tour where they had he had a bet with I think it was it might have been Rob Trujillo. Okay, and. It was basically who could go the longest without showering. Oh, I would have dusted them. <laughs> Dude, he went like 87 days. That's a fucking stretch, man. That's ridiculous. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't understand why by then he probably didn't have his own bus. <laughs> <laughs> right. He had to, They all had to live together. <laughs> or just force him to take a Silkwood shower somewhere. I would like totally... I'd stop... If I saw somebody like with the uh, like the where they clear the uh, the fire hydrants, pull <laughs> that all them out there, pull that fucking bus over, dude. <laughs> yeah, just open the window. Just open his window. We're good. <laughs> right. Just I'll clean the I'll clean the water up. That that water will dry, but he will, <laughs> he will you know he will be fixed at the end of that. <laughs> so tell us about worms. You know, uh, how did you guys start? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm actually the new guy in the band. What? Um, so you got saw... elect- you're the new guy and you got elected to do this? <laughs> I volunteered. Oh. I'm, trying to my, I'm trying to get my bones, man. Hell yeah. But uh, I saw their very first show and I was totally knocked out. Uh, it reminded me of several bands that are like, you know, some of my very, very favorite bands. It was like really energetic and loud and and just political enough to not beat it over your fucking head, right? So, and they were buddies of mine, and so you know after that show, I approached Brad, the dr- Brad White, uh, you know Rocker Belt, and he's the drummer, 
um, I was like, man, if anybody backs out of this, like, I would love to step up. And he's like, yeah, totally. You know, I'll keep you in mind. And then uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it was like toward the end of last year. Dave Wright, who was the guitar player in the original lineup, decided that he kind of had too many irons in the fire. He's kind of been, he's in a bunch of bands and he's got a son and, you know, he's got an adult life and a rock life. So, oh, yeah. So he was just going to like step out and he knew that I would step right in and then, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd already, I, I, by then, by the time Dave quit, I had seen them probably, I bet, almost 10 times. Wow. And, and so I knew, like, in my head, you know, the, how the songs went. It was just a matter of figuring out how to play them. And so the next, you know, they gave me a, a tape of everything, and it took me, like, 30 minutes to pick out all the chords and stuff, and that was it. And I went to the first practice, and... And there, there was, we yeah. There we went, yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> I didn't want to be the fucking guy that went in there, you know, and, and kind of learned half of the songs. Like, oh, I just had other shit to do, whatever. Right. I really, I really wanted to drill it, so I think I did. How do you guys get together and write? Um, the writing process is uh, Brian and Billy mostly, you know, will come in with pieces and parts. Um, we've... Uh, for the, they've been playing the same set since they were a band, uh, with just like maybe one or two added songs. So we've been trying to, you know, work out a lot. We want to put some new material out. So we've got three new things that we're working on. One of them is, uh, like a pretty much Brian, the bass player, like he's, uh, brought in all these parts and we're kind of piecing them together. And then, uh, Billy has another one that we're working on and another one that's just very, you know, in the Genesis stage. So awesome. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's process. It's some, it's, there's a lot of butting of heads. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I think it with a band, that's kind of a thing that has to happen, you know, because to get everybody's input. Yeah. Brian and Brad have been working together. You know, they were in hot wires and, you know, they've been together for years. So, you know, they're, how are they not going to fight? But we can usually, you know, hose it down and continue. (laughs) Good deal. But yeah, it's been, there's one particular song. It's pretty much finished. Uh, It was incredible writing it. And it's like, I think the best thing that we've done. And I hope we continue to, you know, kind of move in that direction. Definitely. Um, so when you guys are writing songs, you know, I'm in a band. And, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. when we throw something against the wall, you know, say, okay, this is, you know, this is, this might be something. Mm-hmm. Do you assign it like a working title, like anything crazy, you know? Cause, oh, uh, actually, that's the Brian. I think he, as well as uh, having like some riffs and stuff to piece together, he already had a, like a lyrical idea. So I think it had like a, a legit title already. All right on. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've been in other bands where you know until it's worked out, it gets some probably X-rated or you know <laughs> just completely silly name in the meantime. So what's the so what's the the most vile name that you've had for a working uh, title, for a working title of a song that you know. That you changed, oh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> it, this was it wasn't uh, it was all spelled out midget with two inverted or midget with an inverted cross on each end. 
(laughs) (laughs) Wow. So a little bit of the visual aspect on that. So if you saw it on the, uh, um, if you saw it on the album cover, you would have, you would would get it, you know, (laughs) it was kind of like the mayhem logo. (laughs) Yeah. 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 God. (laughs) I thought my good friend and, uh, uh, my other solo project, uh, it, there's an Italian label called Asbestos Digit that puts, lets me put my stuff on, or they put my stuff on their Bandcamp page. So, you know, I can at least get it out there. Right. But he, he was holding his daughter. He sent me a picture. <laughs> and she's like five or something. And she's super cute. And he's wearing that fucking man shirt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, check it out. It's fucking black metal dad. Right. Oh, my gosh. He's like a... At least you took your corpse paint off. Right. And, you know, at least it's not like the bootleg cover. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Full color. Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, that's a, you know, if anybody wants a, I'm going to go ahead and say this on the show. If anybody wants a, a rabbit hole to follow, if you don't know anything about the Norwegian black metal. With, oh, God. Burzum and Mayhem. Yeah. Get into the hours and, and leagues and volumes of like of ridiculousness. Drama and fucking mayhem murder. And murder and suicide. Suicide and, and you know, it's it is racism. A, it, yeah. If people are, are people are talking about Tiger King like they would talk about if they would talk about mayhem and Burzum like that, it'd be like legit. It'd be the Netflix's new big thing. <laughs> if they can catch it all in real time while it's happening, right? And there is actually the doc. Um, there is a documentary on Netflix. That's well, it's not. I'm sorry, it is a adaptation. It's kind of like uh, oh, right, the Lords of Chaos. Thing? Yes, it's kind of. I've like never. The, seen, I haven't seen it. I read the book a million times. It's kind of like the Dirt, uh, the Motley, yeah. Cr- the Motley Crue uh, Imaginarium story. Uh-huh. That that movie wasn't so bad. I thought <clears throat> it was. It was uh, the guys, Jeff Tremaine directed it, who was uh, part of Big Brother magazine and, uh, you know, was part of the Jackass thing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I figured he liked them enough, you know, he was going to do the best job he could. I thought it was okay. I, You know, I actually haven't seen all of it. I've seen parts of it. I'm just kind of like, I'm not like the biggest crew fan out there. I like, sure, sure. I like a few things, but I Too might have to give <laughs> More like uh, shout at the devil, but. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that record too. Basically, those two and not much else. Right, and anybody I've noticed that's like a huge metalhead or anything tends to like like those two albums. And that's yeah, about and nothing. Past. <laughs> nothing. Past I mean, that. Theater of Pain. The next one is like the worst one. Right. God, it's so bad. That's an interesting <clears throat> thing because when you get to like Doctor Feelgood and it's like produced by Bob Rock. And that was the artwork by Pusshead, who had done artwork for Metallica, and yep. they snagged Bob Rock for their next album. You know, and it sounded fucking huge, right? But that was the album that they heard that they were like, "We need this guy." <laughs> and Gibson did a, um, a like a sit down, like a Q and A with him a couple of months ago, and it was yeah. phenomenal. I uh, bet, yeah. And um, <clears throat> he just talks about his life and career. And how he shifted away from being a musician to, you know, to being a producer. They were like, hey, you know you're better at this than you are at playing. <laughs> That's probably a jagged little pill to get down when you're a younger man. But <laughs> oh, yeah. 
because you know he was in he was in a punk band. So yeah, what, what was, do you remember the name of that band? I consult the Google machine here, as <laughs> I've heard before on another podcast. Let's look at Bob Rock's Wikipedia page here. I love that. Uh, there's a special feature on. Uh, I guess the Payolas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! They were fucking great. Yeah, he was in the Payolas, Rock and Hide, Rockhead. Um, what part of Canada is he from? Does he say? Yeah, he's from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Nice, but you know There's that footage of where they go to that little bitty bar and he plays bass and they play a fucking set. Oh yeah, Chemos, yeah. Where they were actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. that was the Emos in Texas. No, Chemos. Oh, Chemos. Yeah, okay. it was in San Francisco. You know, that's funny though that you say that because they've actually done that a lot more than people realize. They I heard about a bunch of of uh, those shows. They let the the fan club know about it and then they do like a limited ticket release deal. Right. And basically what they do is they'll book themselves in there as like when they did that show with him, they booked in as a band called Spun. <laughs> and Nobody. Spastic children. <laughs> yeah, the, there was a spastic children stuff like that, you know. Right, right. They when they did the uh, before they played in uh, Nashville on before like Death Magnetic came out, they did that at um, the basement. Oh God, I saw Mudhoney there oh. like the, the end of last year, and that club got leveled by that tornado apparently. Yeah, and it's just been an unfortunate series of events for those people because the, so the, the, uh, the club and the record store both got hit with the tornado and then the virus right after. And so hopefully, uh, you know, shout outs to those guys for the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The basement heats, the, the club sounded fantastic. The staff was all super fucking cool and laid back. Like nobody... Would, there was no bullshit, and Mudhoney just slayed. There is the best set I've seen them play. I was going to say, the, the two bands that opened for Mudhoney, uh, the first one was a band called Kings of the Fucking Sea, and they're kinda, they kind of get lumped in with the, like the Doom, Stoner stuff. It's a guy and, and two beautiful girls that look like they stepped out of a 70s time machine, you know, and they look like rocker girls. But they were really good, and then the second band was called... Um, oh shit! What was it? It'll come to me, but it's Greg um, from Husker Du, the bass player with oh, the okay. handlebar mustache. It's his current band, and they were great. They were kind of uh, Minutemen vibes, nice. real sort of agit funk. It's great. Hell yeah! So, if you could have written a song or an album from somebody else, what would it be? Hmm. Uh. We, <laughs> I want to say Carp because we were talking about them earlier. There's right. definitely one song on that Suplex record that I wish that I had written. Um, hmm. God, there's so much. Uh, I I want to destroy you by the Soft Boys. I wish I'd written that song. That's a great like that melody gets me every time. You know, one of my other very favorite songs is uh, "In My House" by the Mary Jane Girls. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, I bet I've heard, no exaggerating, I bet I've heard that song 1,500 times, and every time it comes on, I'm just like, ah. It's that, it's that song. Yeah, timeless, man. Nice. Why do you play music? What does music do for you? Um, it inspires me to, to create my own music, most of all. Um, man, it, it's been my constant companion since I can remember, you know, I had a, 
a babysitter uh, when I was shit five or so. My mom worked third shift, and she would, you know, come over to our trailer, and uh, sometimes she'd bring her boyfriend over, who was like Todd from Beavis and Butthead. You know, he had a primered car and was just like bad news. <laughs> but he brought Kiss records over, and it was over after that. Like that, once I latched onto that, like it was just, you know, I wanted to hear it all. Right. You know, uh, yeah. I think anybody who like was not in that era. Oh, you have to be, it's it's an age, definitely a a generational age group thing. Right. I think everybody, I seriously think when, you know, when you start noticing rock music and if you like any kind of like what's now referred to as classic rock music. I think mm-hmm. they're they're one of the first bands that people latch on to when they're like, you know, that that 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. Oh hell yeah. And and then you <clears> see like these these crazy people like with the yeah, It's like a it's like a comic book come to life that's a, this killer rock band. Yeah, definitely. And then <clears> and then you know, you get like shouted out loud. <laughs> <laughs> This would be rip and destroy, like, in the movie. Right. But it's the thing of, like, you you find out that, you know, they're all about having a good time. And, yeah, there's the deeper, darker stuff, like going <clears throat> like going blind and, and right. stuff like that. And, but then you get, like, Beth and Shout It Out Loud. And King Twitter. of the Nighttime World. That's one of my favorites. And it's real happy. Right. <laughs> you know. So... Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those bands that I think everybody has a point in time where they get into it, and it's yeah. either how old are you? But if you don't mind me asking, uh, I am thirty seven. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll be fifty in November if we all live that long. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I was like six when Destroyer came out. Like that was kind of like, you know, they've had a movie come on TV. My God, I had to beg my mom to let me watch it. Uh, Seems like she wanted to watch Mod or something. Like the Phantom of the Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still have it on VHS somewhere. The, the stunt double. That's it. Uh, That's all I need to say. They're so bad. One of one of Aces is black, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so great. So great. And he's in the scene. And it's yeah. like visually there. And it's like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> His autobiography like has some great chapters on the making of that movie. Oh, I bet. He was having like, you know, mountains of cocaine delivered to his trailer. Not <laughs> he's, hardly, he's hardly in any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's because he was in the trailer the whole time. <laughs> Says he's, gonna, he's never coming out. No kidding. Um, so what inspires you to write musically? Um, other music, like, like we were saying earlier, um, I think a lot of times it just comes out of nowhere. Like, um, I've been pretty much through the quarantine, like every like free minute I've got, I'm either playing guitar or, uh, recording cubic centimeter stuff. Right on. And it's probably, it, it's absolutely what's kept me fucking sane. Definitely because I thought this thing was I thought this quarantine was gonna be a cakewalk, but it's been fucking hell on earth, man. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we've got we get this curbed soon because I I have some friends that live overseas and there's actually some countries out there that are under military rule. <sighs> and I feel so bad for the for for that guy in particular because you know, he's just are any of them in Italy by chance? No. No. Okay. 
No, uh, he's in an Eastern European country. Oh, gotcha. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, pretty bad. But you know, shout out to uh, Anton. Shout out to everybody from America that's stuck over there. You know? Oh yeah, because you know there's people over there that are. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, um, just everybody be okay and safe and do what you're fucking told. You know, don't go outside. There's nothing <laughs> you, to you don't do. Have to. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing to do. You can say, yeah, go outside and you know walk around the yard or take a walk, maybe. But stay, you know, you know, I was talking too far. <laughs> you know, I was talking with uh, Seth from Magbar uh, the other uh, day, and I was like, dude, I was like, he's one of my favorite people. He he is so awesome, and I was just like, man, once this is over, I'm gonna come see you guys, and uh, you know, you're gonna be my first stop. <laughs> <laughs> for sure and he's like dude thanks I'm like no man we need this fuck yeah man so um, do you listen to yourself musically as a uh, as a casual listener not a I've, not a I've, been, I've played along to the Worms record a lot and, and at first uh, I don't like they had recorded the entire record with the, the original four and then I joined the band, and they wanted me to put my own guitar track on it. Oh, wow. So, you know, it was already in the can by the time I did my, you know, put my tracks on it. I thought that was great. It sounded, you know, it was great anyway. Just, you know, I was had willed myself into being in my favorite local band. <clears throat> and then, uh, shit, I get to play on the record, too, so it's awesome. Hell yeah. I, and I still... I still I, plug it in and play along with it just because I don't want to get rusty. Right. Yeah, and with no practice going on. Other than that, like, Wino, I will listen to sometimes just to get a wild hair. Uh, the Metro Shifter, I like to play along to the those records because it's like, you know, just dexterity exercise. Uh, that's about it. If you could have played any major concert from Days Gone Past, what would it be? Uh, oh shit! Fucking Altamont! Wow! <sighs> because it was such a savage scene, or just because, yeah, like it, I was just would have liked to have been there to see, like, to feel what that energy was like. The biker riot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a brilliant idea to get the Hell's Angels drunk and hire them as security. Oh right. They beat Paul Kantner's ass. Right. From Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. Fucking I think they dicks. beat... You know, the funny thing is, is like, what it, is it the Monsters of Rock show with Metallica where the Soviet Union, uh, the Gestapo there beating the fans up? Oh, really? Yeah, and I think that, that was their version of Altamont uh, eventually, you know, because it was just like, Altamont was the same way, you know, where they the bikers were yeah. drunk and beating the shit out of the... Of, uh, whoever they, they wanted to, yeah, yeah whoever they, they wanted to, the concert goers or the bands or whoever. You know, that guy, Rachel, what's his name, got fucking stabbed and died. Right. That's Damn. wow, Altamont. Wow, nobody's ever said that. That's pretty cool. You know, it's a uh, because yeah, like it, it, it's iconic. <laughs> what's that? I'd like to play earlier in the day. Right. Possible. Yeah, you don't want to play right before the Stones. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have? Uh, you've been in music a while. You know you. You said you were about to be 50. Um, do you have a favorite city or venue you like to perform in? Um, I like Kaiju. 
right now. Like, I like that room for some reason. There's not a whole lot of, like, you know, state-of-the-art, you know, equipment in there or anything, but you, you know, throw people in there. And, like, I had, before I was in the band, I saw Worms there, and they, I was in another band with some buddies of mine from Phantom Family Halo and other bands. We were just going to do a bunch of covers. They played before us and just crushed it. They played a fucking Devo cover. I was wow. losing my mind. I was like, we don't have anything that cool. Uh, we should probably play first. <laughs> we should, but, yeah, it's like. I just love that room it's, for some reason. It's perfect size, you know. It is a really, it's it's an intimate setting. And I think for, I think that room works for everybody that goes in. Yeah, yeah. Because, I love the Rudyard Kipling, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Rudd. You know, did you did you like the room when it was also Lisa's? I only played there twice when it was Lisa's. Okay. And I've, I've maybe played there four times since it's been Kaiju. Okay, yeah, um, that's that's it didn't like seem a little any better or worse at the time, right? I think everything's almost the same is there, except for I think it's just a little nicer now. Yeah, I believe you're right. So. Um, That's but because Belushi Speedball keeps playing there, and they have to clean up their mess. <laughs> so they just clean up, clean it all up. And, you know, if you want to get in the, uh, if you want to get in the inner circle, you drink the Listerine. <laughs> you know, drink just if if Diablo offers, just take it, take a swig. Oh man, this sounds it it's, sounds like a setup. And no, it's rough. I'll tell you, it, it really <laughs> is rough. Uh, they were on the show uh, about this time last year, actually, and yeah. and yeah, it, they, oh my gosh, you know, he's sitting there, he's drawing caricatures on chip bags and uh, <laughs> drinking Listerine out of the bottle. Wow, and, what is it? Dixie Dave is a coster aficionado. <laughs> wow, from weed, from weed eater, really. <laughs> yeah, you can see find a bunch of shit on YouTube where he does taste tests and whatnot. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus! No, no, thank you, no, thank you. He's not the brightest bulb in the. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite song that you have ever written? Mm, my thing is, uh, uh, I taught myself how to play guitar by figuring out. You know, I'd sit down and like figure out this car song and how to play it. And I think in doing so, I hindered myself being able to be a to be able to write music. But I seem to be able, like my strength as far as that's concerned is like in a perfect situation like Worms when Brian and and Billy have stuff like I'm a good collaborator. Like sometimes I can you know find conduits to piece the parts together. Like that's the situation I can I'm most productive in. Okay, I I can get that. I can grasp that because yeah. But uh, but uh, I wrote uh, an instrumental on one of the Metro Shifter records called Smart Bomb, and that's that's my favorite. Like that's the one I'm most proud of. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out and sure and post links where I can. You know, for sure. That was a long God. That was a long time. So let's let's hear some more about you. Okay. Okay. Do you have a favorite film? Um, my knee-jerk reaction is just to say Clockwork Orange, just because I do love it so much. Um, 
uh, Lords of Discipline. Do you remember that? It's a Stallone movie. They're in fucking, uh, they're street gangs in, I think, Hell's Kitchen. No, I don't think I've ever, ever a, seen that. For the reason it had a really big impact on me when I was a kid. It's from the early, early 80s. Decline of Western Civilization, for sure. Um, part two, the metal years. <laughs> it's. I think that the first one is the the legit documentary, and this part two is more of the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a uh, fuck stick. Paul Stanley, uh, God, uh, or fuck stick in the pool, screaming at his mom. Oh, Chris Holmes makes that movie, dude. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> he is a blistering mess. Dude, and, and he's his mom looks so nonchalant too. She's just like eh, shaking her head. That's my boy. Yeah, right, dude. Like he, I'm a huge Motorhead fan. Okay, yeah. And he made some kind of jackass comment about um, Lemmy dying. Right. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, and it was just like really in poor taste, and like he was such a bastard over it. I was like, you know what? Do you apologize at all? Oh no, no. Fucking douche. Yeah, he 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 was a fuck stick. Like even in that, you know, to now, you know, I hope, and I'll leave this part in here, and because I hope, I hope I can come to the one day, sit there and say, you know what, I want him to come on here, and I hope he would say yes, because I would be like, dude, you fucking suck. <laughs> remember, yeah, remember when you did that really stupid. Stupid asinine fucking insensitive thing. Right. Or, you know, when you were in the pool or whatever the fuck, you know. Just... I'm sure he's probably t- had this fucking talk ad nauseum about that scene in that movie oh, by God. now. You know, honestly, look up look up a picture of David Allen Coe now yeah. and look up a picture of, of him and I think they look similar. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I just, yeah, I'm just thinking it in my head. And you're right. Uh, you know, they they both look like you know ridiculous, Gri- grizzled old fucking warriors. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my gosh, he's I've read, he's metal. Like, he's the metal David Allen Coe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he uh, like Chris comes from uh, a couple of generations of biker trash. So you know that explains it. Yeah, he's like a. He was really obvious, like it was obvious that he had a, you know, a mess issue for a few years because he just looked, but he had that Alice Cooper special forces look, you know, barely, barely alive, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I know he actually, I think he actually had liver replacement or something like that. Or oh, something. yeah. 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 And, and just like, uh, just like, uh, the Allman brother that had it, uh, he kept drinking afterwards, so. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you have a favorite food? Uh, I love Vietnam Kitchen K six with the side of steamed rice, so it's not as sloppy. Um, I'm a steamed uh, rice person as well. Time for Thai on Frankfurt Avenue is the best pad Thai I've ever had. Awesome. So you so you like the Asian food? I like uh, yeah, and, and uh, Indian food. I love. Um, not is it. Cashmere is the one across from Mid City Mall, and yeah, and Shalimar is over. Shalimar, yes. Funny thing, I was just talking with somebody about Shalimar a couple weeks ago on the episode. So, oh, really? <laughs> yep. Yeah. God, uh, I'm gonna have to call tomorrow and see if they're doing curbside stuff, takeout. Oh, now you're talking my language because you know, <laughs> the, the chicken masala sounds pretty damn good Ooh. right now. Um, Ooh. 
did you say ooh or like no like ooh like oh yeah <laughs> what's your ultimate jam song wise yes or anything um, for that matter uh can i have a couple sure uh, one of them is Television Addicts by The Victims. They're an Australian, one of the first waves of, or the first wave of Australian punk. They were one of those bands. And the, the, I don't know, man, this riff, the hook is just undeniable. Uh, yeah, it's from 77, I think. Nice. What's another one? Another one is uh, Cortez the Killer, Neil Young. Like that song hurts me. And actually, there are several. The, the whole acoustic side of Rust Never Sleeps is some of the like greatest music ever put to vinyl, and it all makes me fucking cry like a newborn kitten. Aww. <laughs> powerful stuff, man. That definitely is. I mean, I I like a lot of uh, Neil Young stuff where he's in the where it's you know where he's still the folky like prophetic neil young uh stuff like harvest oh yeah i I actually recently watched a video and i think it was from a while back where he was he was on um jimmy fallon oh yeah and jimmy fallon actually dressed up as him (laughs) and played old man no way and in the second verse like Neil came out and sat beside him and played and sang the second verse. And he looked ridiculous like like Neil as when Neil was young. They looked so much alike it was it was That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> after after this I'll send you I'll send you a link to it. Uh, I've got a uh, you, you know like Family Dollar uh, they've got you know dollar DVDs that were probably uh Redbox shit once upon a oh, time. Yeah. It's, there's in plastic cardboard cases. I got uh, the bonus disc from the Heart of Gold Neil Young documentary. Oh, cool! And there's not much, you know. There's some interesting shit on it, but the very last thing on it was uh, it's 1972, I think, and it was on the Johnny Cash show. And Neil came on and did Needle and the Damage Done. It's oh, it's just gut wrenching. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up. You can probably find it on YouTube. I'm oh, sure. Oh yeah, definitely. That, that Johnny Cash show, man, had a bunch of people. Like Glenn Campbell played on there a few times. And... Yeah, um, I like uh, one of my favorite uh, things that I've ever seen was uh, from the Waylon Jennings show, where Hank Jr. plays. Uh, All my rowdy friends have settled down, and like everybody is in, like they're like passing the guitar around, kind of thing, singing songs. It's so good. You know, uh, one of the band or one of the uh, acts that came to the palace. I can't remember who it was. I had to pick up some bus drivers at their hotel and take them back to the venue. And uh, a few months. This has been like six months ago. One of them was like this dude from Nashville, and he had toured with everyone. He he was Mer, uh, Waylon's personal driver for I think he said like twenty years. Oh wow! For, for uh, he was telling me the story, or uh, you know whatever I saw him dropped him off, and then this other uh, band plays months later. I go to pick up the bus drivers, and he's one of them. He's just because he said the first thing when he got in, he was like, "You know what? You look like fucking shooter." Oh wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh yeah. He's like, that ain't a good thing. <laughs> he's like, he's a little shit. 
You probably are too. Oh wow, that's. But so he's just an old geezer. When I saw him that second time, we both just started laughing. That's great. And um, he said that on Waylon's fiftieth birthday, he came out on this guy. The driver came out on stage and stopped the show, which that's not something you did Waylon back then. Right. And he was just like pissed. And then all of a sudden, here comes Johnny Cash, and here comes Chris Christopherson, and you know. 60 other fucking awesome songwriters and guitar players and let's all fucking jam on stage together. Wow, dude. That's, that's, you know, wild, huh? you know, I, I have a, I have a spot, you know, in my heart for Waylon and, and those oh, guys. Me too. Me too. Yeah. It's just such good shit, you know? So what's your guilty pleasure musically? I don't, cons- I don't like live by the guilty pleasure. I think that, you should like if you like something own it you know i think that some shit some shit that i like that would surprise people sort of yeah well what what would that be then i love abba they're one of my favorite bands ever nice uh this is like i'm like talking with jacob worley again uh from he same same uh same guy with the indian food same guy uh, said same guy said abba so <laughs> nice. I gotta meet this guy. This guy knows what's up. And he's from Ohio, so <laughs> I think the Mary Jane girls might fall into that category, but I feel like everybody likes that song anyway. I love the the old Peter Pan records. Peter Pan Records was the label, but they did a comic book along that you read along with the record. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah, Those well things. like they would have like the uh they would do like the Star Wars, yeah, and like, or, yeah. like the, a lot of Marvel stuff and uh, Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, yeah. they would have uh, like it would be like a little ten page book and it told the story as you went on. Yeah, and it was in big, you know, twelve by twelve, you know, yeah. life size glory. Uh, I used to have a bunch of those, and Dominic Cipolla from uh, Family Family Halo, and now he's in Mono. He and I would. We just had this knack for finding them everywhere. And for half of the time, people were trying to give them away. I had Kojak and <laughs> Kiss. Kiss. There were a couple of Kiss ones. It was just awesome. Sweet. What is your greatest achievement as a musician? Uh, I don't feel like I've done it yet. I can buy um, that. I'd, uh, keeping, still doing it, maybe. <laughs> right. I got kind of uh, bitter. Uh, like in, uh, I didn't do anything. I barely went to shows for 10 years and just over the last uh, shit five years, maybe I've really like got the, the itch to do it again. You know? Right. Just a couple bands that I was in dissolved, leaving a really terrible taste in my mouth and just like about the whole scene. And, and yeah, you needed to, I think you needed the break. It sounds yeah, like, exactly. you know, you needed to be able to recharge the battery. Just be yeah, be separate from it for the first time in fucking forever, and it works, you know. And I've I feel like now I don't get, <clears throat> of course I'm you know much older, but uh, you know you just have, you know not to get caught up in dumb shit that you shouldn't be, you know. Right. Don't sweat the small shit. It's mostly all dumb shit. Right. Absolutely, I could go along with that. Do you have a Spinal Tap moment? Yes. Um, Endpoint <clears throat> did uh, two shows in a row at, I think it was the Cherokee Blues Club at the time, where, you know, Cahoots and Tooligans used to be. Right. Um, 
one night was all ages and the other night was 21 and over and on the 21 and over show we played with i think star billy one of peter's band star billy or uh big wheel and i can't, can't remember who else anyway i was hanging out with some friends of mine down sort of across the street from where better days records is now okay yeah deer park they yeah. live down the street <clears throat> and I proceeded to get entirely way more shit faced than I planned <laughs> along with them. And they're all, they're all, <laughs> I, I usually can see that line and, you know, I tread it lightly, but I was just three cautions to the wind. And, uh, so I roll up to the show and with myself and three underage drunken hoods, getting them into the show, I finally get like, I think I was late, too. Like, not very late, but they had to wait for me for a minute. So I get up there, and I strip, strap my guitar on. Like, and then we're about halfway through the first song, and I've seen this on video. <clears throat> it was shot, like a static shot from the very back of the room, kind of up high in the air, so I could see the, everybody's heads in the band. And all of a sudden, you, there on my side of the stage, there was a ramp that went up to the stage. And I just stepped right off the edge <laughs> onto the floor. And you just see me, like, disappear like somebody pulled me off stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, it looked painful, but luckily I was drunk and, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how you people don't, don't get You don't feel anything when you're drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But looking at I didn't realize. I thought it was a Spinal Tap moment when it happened. But when I saw the video, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> You know, I've I've seen videos of people where they've, you know, mis, misjudged and stepped off the front of the stage and just go, and it's like, oh, my gosh. If I yeah, did, do that shit at the Young Center and goddamn. Oh, yeah, you'd, you'd You're gonna feel uh, it. be like Jimmy Buffett did that time. He, I think he almost cracked his skull or something like that. There was oh, so they, much. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Didn't Dave Grohl fall off stage and break his leg somewhere recently? Yes. Yeah, that was, was a while back, but yeah. But but you know what? You know what he did? He went and had it reset and came back to the show and played the show. That's right. Yeah, and then played the played the tour that way. Um, so, dude, Patty Smith fell off stage and broke her fucking neck. Who did? Patty Smith. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> I did not know that. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah, look at it. I forget where it was, but yeah, she just kind of she was notorious for kind of disassociating on stage and you know flipping out. Right. Maybe it was one of those, and she just didn't care where she was walking. Yeah, messed her up bad. So the last question of the interview. It's the morbid question that everybody likes. If, All right. If heaven or hell exists, wherever you think you're going, what would you like to hear when you get there? Hmm. Squealer. Yeah. Yeah. Squealer. ACDC. Nice. That's going to be heaven. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's going to be hell. That's where everybody goes to have fun. Like heaven doesn't sound like much fun at all. And all my friends are going to be in hell. So shit. <laughs> Might as well be there too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> Tell everybody out there how they can get a hold of Worms and how they can uh, either a purchase music uh, online or you know find the physical copy. And how do they right get a hold now. of y'all to book shows? 
Okay. Um, first of all, it's W-I-I-R-M-Z is the spelling. We're on every social media platform, um, mo- lot, mostly Instagram and Facebook. Um, we've got only one official song released at the moment. It's on a compilation called River City Rumble 2. And River City Rumble 2 has a Bandcamp page where you can actually hear the song, stream it, and buy the, the physical CD if you'd like. Um, our soon-to-be-released, hopefully, uh, record is called Faster Cheaper. And, you know, with everything going on, it's kind of up in the air as far as when it's coming out. But the uh, test pressings have come in, and I think the, or- the order has been placed. Like, it's balls in motion. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I love this record. I, it, it was awesome. Like I, I was so completely elated that I got to put a, my guitar track on it. Hell yeah! And is yeah. there anybody else you want to give a shout out to before you? Before uh, you I want to say, um, fuck Mitch McConnell. Um, the end of the world's coming, so don't end up regretting something that you didn't do. And uh, you know, listen to Little Richard and Slayer. Like mashup, yes. Listen to them at the same time. <laughs> Have you heard? There's a there's a B-52s r- yes. rock lobster. That's and, so good. And raining, and raining blood, yes. Man, somebody took some time with that one. Dude, I always love mashup stuff like that. There's a me too. I'm I'm a sucker for them. Dude, I appreciate you calling in. It's been an awesome. Yeah, this has been a blast, man. Thanks. Definitely. Anytime you ever want me to do this again, I would gladly. Hell yeah, we'll have to get you back on here. <clears throat> and uh, once the dust settles, uh, we'll meet in person. Definitely, and actually, you know, when I do the next Metal Forge Live showcase, whenever that may be, you know, I'll have you guys on it, dude. Love to. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, man. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, take care, man. Hopefully, I'll see you soon.
Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait.